You're listening to Have the Conversation Podcast, a podcast centered around mental health, wellness, and everything in between. My name is Kala. And I'm Leanne. We're sitting down with everyday people to talk about life and the lessons they've learned, all in an effort to connect and stay encouraged. This week, we sat down with our good friend, advocate, and founder of Balance Veterans, Ron Millward. Ron's foundation is all about education and advocacy for alternative therapies for veterans and their families. It's a cause we wanted to know more about. Ron's used his passion for people and love of humanity to put so much good out into the world. And after hearing his personal story and his search for balance, it only amplified our want to support his efforts more. After the episode, be sure to check out Ron's organization, Balance Veterans, by visiting balanceveterans.com. Enjoy this episode. Man, I, I'm blown away. I can't believe you're a Virgo. I was, I like, can't stop thinking about you that. Didn't I, like, know that. I had no idea, and like now it makes so much sense. <laughs> crazy. There's a reason. Yeah. yeah well, you are sure. too, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. That's, that's why awesome. I was like, man, I like like your organization style and all that stuff. Anyway. Oh yeah, Leanne, speak to that. She knows all Nerdy about astrology <laughs> shit. Her organization style is very. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> that's awesome. So I was talking with Leanne, and I just wanted to know, like, did you grow up in Philly? Born and raised, or? So I actually grew up about an hour outside of Philly. Okay. Yeah, so Lancaster, Pennsylvania, yeah. Amish country. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I lived that's... in Harrisburg for a year. So... Oh, get out of here. <laughs> wow, did we ever talk about that? Oh, my God, what are all these, like, weird, close similarities? Well, that's that's, that's I, like, crazy. <laughs> I'm like, I feel like I've known you in like a past it's life. It's so weird. We definitely <laughs> did. That's wild. That's so funny to me. It's really, oh really goodness. crazy. Yeah. So what was it like growing up in Lancaster? <laughs> yeah, it was, uh, it was super conservative. So, you know, you have the Amish there, which is, you know, one of the largest populations in Lancaster. And then um, outside of that, it's like you go to church or you're wrong. So it was like very conservative, very uh I, I wouldn't say, I mean, not everybody, I guess, was religious, but for the most part, I mean, I was, my family was. Um, so, yeah, very conservative. What religion did you grow up in? I uh, grew up Christian, and um, it was kind of like at first, like evangelical, like very, uh, you know, slain in the spirit, run around the church, like some really weird shit, to be honest with you. Uh, and then kind of transitioned to like non denominational. Um, okay. Yeah. And I was not an only child. I have two, uh, well, I have a stepbrother and a half brother. Um, and then I've got, uh, actually, no, I have two stepbrothers and, uh, a stepsister and a half brother. I don't know how that shit works, but mixed, <laughs> mixed family. Um, yeah. So I guess, I don't know. I kind of feel like an only child. My little brother was in the home some, but I grew up mostly, uh, myself and, you know, brothers on the weekends and things like that. Yeah. <clears throat> How old were you when you enlisted? Like, what was that? What made you want to uh, do that? I'm so curious. Yeah, I was uh, I was actually 17 years old when I went into the Air Force. Um, I had to get parental uh, signature. I had oddly moved. I was in, like, a couple rock bands at the time and, like, was kind of rebelling and, you know, trying to figure out what? who I was. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, embrace the beauty, man. For, they're probably, oh they're probably, 
they'll probably all listen to this, which is so funny. So, uh, yeah, man, that, that was like my thing in high school, but you know, I, I like started to get into trouble and just do really dumb stuff. I like ended up getting in trouble for burning American flags. Now it's hanging on my wall and I like served our country. Like I just really did really dumb stuff. Hold on. Pause. Explain. (laughs) Yeah. There's a story there. There, There is. I went through this awkward, like, uh, punk rock phase, you know, where I was wearing, like, the long socks and skateboarding and listening to, like, MXPX and Bouncing Souls and, like, trying cigarettes and, you know, like, doing all the crazy, like, yeah. And uh, I was doing the exact same thing, so that's hilarious. Oh, like, my gosh, that's funny. So into it. Yeah, it's like yeah. That, that awkward phase of trying to, like, rebel, and then I was, like, going to church, so I'm like, nah, you know, I got to do as many bad things as I can. And so, you know, the cool thing to do was, like, burn flags, I guess, when you're, you know, you're we're listening to, like, anti-flag, and we're, you know, what is what is it called? Uh, uh, oh, my goodness. Not atheist. Oh my God. Whatever you call it. The, uh, anarchist. (laughs) Yeah. 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 So it was like anarchy, you know, we go around and burn. It was really dumb. Uh, while you were doing that, you said you were still going to church Were your parents making you, or were you wanting to go voluntarily? Yeah, no, it was always mostly my parents. Um, you know, I had uh, learned to play guitar around 11 years old and I started like leading worship and singing and doing stuff in church. And so it like sort of became like, uh, it sort of became like a job early on, you know, and I felt like there was not that it's a job, you know, it was a place to serve as some would call it and things, but like I sort of started to take to music. And then from there, I, I like got sort of lost in the music, you know, and wasn't really even practicing. So was it like the people you looked up to in the like punk rock music industry that kind of like turned you a different direction or like what, what made you go through that phase? Just being a boy. <laughs> yeah, on, honestly, a lot of it was just being a boy. Uh, you know, I, I had a weird not a weird childhood. You know, I had like an interesting childhood. My father wasn't a huge part of my life. Wasn't a part of my life really at all, to be honest with you. I had a stepdad come into my life and, but like through those years, you're still like trying to figure out what it is to be a boy, to be a man, to, you know, what does that look like? And so I did, I like, I don't know. I, the guys in my band were older than me. So I kind of took a liking to, you know, trying to understand what it was like to, to be older and like figure that stuff out. Um, so I don't know, but it was just a weird sort of, you know, I guess like teen discovery time. It wasn't anything like in particular that it caused me to, to do that stuff. I was just sort of figuring myself out. Yeah. Was that like all through like middle school, high school? Yeah, all through high school. And then, <clears throat> like I said, at 17, I joined the military. And that's kind of when I grew up, I guess you would say. <laughs> Not really, but... That's an early time to grow yeah. up, though, too, to be forced into that. Yeah, it is. Did you want to do that? Or, like, how did you decide that that was something that you were going to... Yeah, no one in my family... Um, had been in the military, you know, it wasn't something that I was like ready to serve because of a proud lineage. I wasn't thinking about it. I didn't have like, it wasn't nine 11, you know, it wasn't anything that like made me want to serve my country. To be honest with you, I, I had not at that moment really thought about what I wanted to do. Um, and then in, in the midst of <laughs> some legal trouble, uh, <clears throat> the judge was like, Hey, you know, you got to figure your life out. And, um, 
he, he had suggested like college and you know, I, I was, I wasn't a huge fan of school. I did all right, but it wasn't a fan of, it. and I'm like, man, there's just no way I'm ready to go like straight to college. Like it would not be good. Um, and so he had also mentioned the military and I was like the military had never thought of it, knew a couple people, I guess that, you know, had gone in and other grades and things like that. But, uh, <clears throat> So I ended up going to the local recruiting office, which has like all of the different branches in there. Um, and we walked in and the first office I can distinctly remember walking in uh, was the Air Force office. And I walked in. I'm glad that I did. You know, now doing my time, now knowing all of the branches, I'm extremely proud to be an Air Force veteran. Um, we were just, I don't know, I'd like to say uh, the elite. <laughs> uh, but anyway, that's just that's just mine. I'm allowed to say that. Uh, I don't mean that to offend any other branches. I have to put that disclaimer out there. Yeah. but. You know, um, yeah, no. And then it was a really quick process from there. I didn't even, uh, really pick my job. I went in open general is what they call it. And so like, I figured out what I was going to do while I was in basic training. It was wild. So I sort of went with no expectation of like what my career would be or what I would end up doing. And, um, you know, do they kind of like guide you in certain ways as to like what you would be best fit or is it really just left to you? like, how does that work? I don't know. Yeah, in- no, that's a great question. So like we do have like, like you'd have the SAT or something like that. Like we have something called the ASVAB, which is like a test that you take pretty extensive test takes forever. Um, and that sort of gives you these different grades in different areas. Like, uh, you know, your spatial visual spatial visualization. Uh, and so like different, different, different areas like that and then they'll put it together and then a recruiter would be like oh this job would probably suit you best because you have these skills and you know you rated high in this area or this area but that's not always the case and for me like I I scored fairly well and you have to score higher than any other like your scores have this is another reason why the Air Force you know I wanted to say this the score the ASVAB scores must be higher to get in so I was like okay you know so yeah and, and it really just depended on that that score was everything accurate to like your skill set at the time potentially yeah because it's you know it was like it would be like uh for the spatial part it'd be like take all these lines and show us what shape you think these lines would create you know so you would have to like visually see if you could put them together it was very like you know trial and error and then there was math and obviously all of the the regular, yeah, the regular school stuff. Yeah. Because I mean, there it's every job that, that is in the civilian sector is in the military. And so you've got scientists and you've got, you know, there's all kinds of stuff in, in, in the, uh, the armed forces. So. And this was all at 17. You took the test. Yeah. 17 years old. I, I studied for a little bit. Took the, I had to do it quick again because I had quick shipped. So it was like, Hey, I went into that office. I was like, how fast can I go? And they were like, how fast can you take this test? And, you know, whatever, make sure I was like physically okay to do it because there's physical requirements. So, you know, between that, I think I was, I think I'd started and finished. I've got to verify this, but like within a month I was in basic training uh, from the time I walked into that office to when I went. So it was a pretty quick, quick process. How was that for your family? You said that they had to sign off since you were still technically a minor. What was that conversation like with your family and how did that go? Yeah, you know, uh, it was really interesting. I think that I had had, you know, through those awkward, like, teen years, I had started to get really awkward with my family and pushing the rules and, like, what I wanted to do. And so I was sort of, like, rebelling from my family. So in a way, me going was a way to, for me to get away. And, and uh, 
so they were they were okay with it. They they obviously signed off on it, but it was tough. And like I was like, you know, I'm gonna put in to be in Dover, Delaware. I'm gonna put in to be really close, right? I'm I put like five bases on the East Coast. My first base where they sent me at 17 years old was Washington State on the entire opposite side of the country. Yeah, so it was like, yeah, yeah, you know, definitely, <laughs> I tried. definitely not gonna be anywhere near. Yeah. And then, you know, you start missing holidays and then you're like Skyping into Christmas dinners and like, you know, starts that cycle of missing stuff. And Did that create any tension or with your family? Um, no, I think my family had, I, I genuinely think my family was proud of me. I really do. I think they were, I think my, they all came to the graduation. I mean, my mom has been my biggest supporter since day one and everything that I've done. So... I'm really grateful for that support. I couldn't imagine a life not having their support. So, Do you know anybody like in your grade that was going through this with you, or did you do this all by yourself? <laughs> I did it all by myself, That's yeah. That's so crazy to me. Yeah, there was another guy I think I had met once I was in that was going into the Marines, and so we had started like running together like two times a week just to like try to get our times up but it wasn't like a you know go through the process together yeah, it was interesting for sure were you nervous to move out to Washington or were you excited <clears throat> um I kind of both I mean a part of me was like yeah here we go I'm like finally independent I'm free I'm like gonna live on my own but then you know also it's it's like oh I, I had never really I'd been out of the country once on like a missions trip but I had never really done a ton of traveling outside of like being with my family so it was definitely an adjustment um, for sure. So you get to Washington State, and then what? Yeah, so you sort of, uh, <clears throat> well, you go through your basic training, and then you go through your technical school for whatever job you have. You'd go to that after basic training and learn that job. And then when you get to your first duty assignment, which was Washington State for me, Fairchild Air Force Base, um, then you start to sort of work in your career, your job, and you start to like train even more. So it's like, Hey, you know, you got the basics and basic training. You got like the schooling from school, but like now we need to like see you apply it. So it just, it starts like a bunch of training. And I think most of the military, most of everything you're doing the entire time I was in was training. And so you're like figuring out how to drive new vehicles or fix things or whatever you had to do um, to continue to improve yourself and to keep advancing, um, which I think is a cool model, you know, and I think it's something I still live by. Like if you're not learning, you're dying, you know, I feel like you've got to continue to keep learning from people and like pushing yourself. So, yeah. Yeah. Talk to me a little bit about your first deployment. Yeah. Uh, My first deployment was actually to uh, Qatar. Um, yeah. And I was, okay. <laughs> I was 18 years old. Um, and I was doing like third country national watch. So basically all of these like local people would come onto the base as contractors to like build things or, you know, fix things or whatever the case might be the like local help. And we would escort them around the base um, because you never know, they could potentially be dangerous or whatever the, whatever it could be. Um, and so that was like, that was an interesting job because I got to like see a ton of different cultures. I mean, we had like 
uh, Filipinos and like all kinds of different race, ethnicities, religions that all sort of came on the base. And so I would get to like converse with them while they were eating their meals and like, you know, joke around with them. It was a very boring job because a lot of times these were like great people or they'd be like fun crews and we're there like armed watching them, yeah. you know, making sure they're not going to do anything. So it was really like, in my mind, I was like, man, we're like babysitters, you know, yeah. and like these, these people know what they're doing. But like, so we got to like drink tea with them and learn about their culture. And I was like learning words and like, you know, so it was a lot of fun. I feel like it was like a culturing experience um, while I was there. Nothing super. We were direct uh, impact for um, the war in Iraq because it was a base that like a lot of the fighter jets left out of. So there was, you know, a lot of times exercising like we were under attack and things like that. But again, that's that's what you do. You're training constantly. Yeah. How long were you there for? <laughs> uh, I was there for about seven months. Do they do like the training for different, like, I, I guess not disasters, but like training for different scenarios, right? But do they do anything for mental health as well to help keep your spirits up while you're out there? Yeah, you know, um, we had like everything in the military is sort of mandatory. I mean, they do like mandatory safety briefings or you'd have commander's calls or you'd have like things where they'd bring everybody together and they would educate on that. So we had we had a lot of like suicide prevention and like sexual assault like talks, but, you know, very, very vague, very watered down. It's not not the level of training we would have to train for a contingency. You know, like I think that they definitely could benefit from from better training to handle those things. And I know that there's a lot, I don't know, you know, I'm, I'm about, you know, eight years removed from the military at this point, but like, I think there's a lot more um, mental health stuff happening and reintegration training happening. I know like when you come back from deployments now, there's like some sort of like a reintegration training that you go to before you come back to the U S so that you can, you know, they had started that like right after my unit was in Iraq and, and you would go to like Germany for a week or two and like reintegrate. So you'd learn some things. And yeah, so I think like programs like that, I don't know if they're still doing that. I have no idea, but I think programs like that would have been, you know, beneficial. So you went through a reintegration program? I did not, no. I, I wish I would have. Uh, I'm but very no. curious about that. What yeah. That, yeah. Yeah, they do like a transition program when you're getting out of the military to like reintegrate into society, but it, it's it's kind of a joke. Um, there's not a lot of effort put into it. I was going to say, does it seem more like the mental health and the talks or stuff are more of them just checking a box? and just? It's definitely checking the box. Okay, that's kind of the, yeah. the vibe I was. I mean, everything in the military is checking the box to get a rank. Yeah. It's, you, did you check these boxes? You know, and it's did you pass this test? Did you do this thing? You know, so I think that even leaving, it was like, all right, did you get your dental check? Did you get this? Did you get this? Okay, we've done everything we need to do for you. You're gonna be great. Have a good day. <laughs> and uh, you know, so and then it's heavy, you know, and and this yeah. is the story you hear of a lot of veterans, and it's like I was lost, I didn't know what to do, the transition, the leaving that. I mean, it's freaking scary. You go from like knowing what to wear, you go from knowing where you're going to eat, you know, like you have your appointments booked for you, you have to go to dental, you have to get your physical stuff done. Like everything is pretty much, it's not automated, but it's like it's mandatory. So like you being healthy is mandatory. You got to pass a PT test. You've got to, you know, all of these things. So then when you get out, when that's all gone and you never really learn those skills to do them yourself, then it can be a really big struggle for a lot of people and then throw on mental health. Yeah. Cause I, you know, I think of 
like help for pe- for people with PTSD and stuff like that. That's what I think of for like veterans help, but I don't, I've never thought of like having such a structured lifestyle and then going to like complete freedom mm-hmm. to a place that you probably haven't been in, in years, you know, yeah. with surrounded by different people. That's, that's gotta be a huge mindfuck. Yeah, it is. And, and then the even crazier, I, man, it's crazy. Everybody is changed by the military. I'm not saying everybody has mental health when they get out of the military, but like you have a certain way of living and you have a certain mindset that was created that like really does need to be maybe not all the way, but at least somewhat deconstructed. And mm-hmm. I think that, you know, a lot of people are like, no, you, you, you've seen it. You've seen the guys in the grocery stores with the hats, with all the ribbons that are standing outside saluting the Walmart flag because like, you know, they like are still there. They're still in the military. And I'm not saying that's wrong. I think that that can be beautiful. No, and there's a place for that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's patriotic and I love it. But like, there are some guys that are still there. Like literally these Vietnam vets are still in Vietnam and they're still like stuck and they're in these cycles and they're, you know, they don't know what to do. And it's, it's, it's really, really interesting. Is that what made you want to start Balanced Veterans or what? Um, you know you know balanced veterans really was uh birthed out of my own mental health and um what has affected me um i have lost way too many friends and brothers and sisters to suicide and i myself you know have been very close i have tried to commit suicide uh twice in my life i have been institutionalized in a professional uh facility to try to understand more or less what's going on with my brain and you know um all the labels attached all the medications thrown at me all of the different things right and so um really miserable and on top of all of those things i was a pastor and like have been in ministry for the last uh six seven years uh, you know for the christian church and and um feeling like that I'm good, you know, like that my spirituality's there, everything's there, like I should be good to go, but like really wasn't. I was a complete mess. But still and, lacking. Oh my goodness. Did you feel a guilt for that? Because you're like, I yeah. should be fine and then yeah. I was just Yo, curious. I'm I'm, yeah. I'm I'm not I'm not even gonna lie to you guys. I'm on this huge spiritual journey right now. I'm really excited about it. But like for an hour this morning, I spoke with a, uh, a chaplain through the VA, just kind of chatting about like spirituality and what I believed and what I, you know, what I think I believe now and, and stuff like that. And that's, it's really, really heavy stuff. And for me, for some reason, I have, I guess it's that fear aspect that religion can throw at you. But like, since I was a little kid, all I've thought about was heaven and hell. Like I was like, oh no. If you do this, I'm going to go to hell. Oh my gosh. If I do this, I'm like, I'm going to get in trouble. Like it was like fear. Every single thing is fear-based. Um, and that's so unhealthy, man. Like I, I had no idea like how hurtful that really was for me to be like tearing every single thing that I do in my life apart and then throw in the military where you've got some moral confliction because war is not, war is not pretty and war is not, uh, I would say it's not the most religious thing, but it, it is like, it's pretty rough. And so <clears throat> having those conflicting thoughts and like, man, am I even worthy to be a Christian or whatever. Yeah, you are, if that's what you choose to identify with. But like, I went through that complete deconstruction because I really had to, I feel like that, that is, that's tough for a lot of people. Was there a pivotal moment where you were like, that you can 
trace it back to of wanting to kind of like deconstruct, like you said, your thought process, or was it just an overall like sense of something isn't right within me? Because I struggle with very similar things when it comes to spirituality and faith and religion, hardcore. Um, Leanne and I have talked about it many times, you know, uh, off this. So I'm just, I'm always so curious if there's just like a pivotal moment where you're like, yeah, (laughs) yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a lot of, there's a lot of people that talk about religion and honestly, Christianity is practiced in hundreds of different ways. Right. You know, like every church is different, you know, and they do different things and they abide by different theologies. I think that when I had realized that I was in like probably the most open church that you could possibly be in, they, you know, we were open to the LGBTQ community and things like that. And when I say open, you're welcome until we get the leadership. And that's where I was like, ah, don't know if I can do this, you know? And so that, that a lot of people we're inclusive, we're, you know, blah, blah, blah until a certain point. Right. So I had like, just sort of, as I started to see that more and like, I was just a little bit discouraged and I really didn't know necessarily what I, what I had believed. I was like, do I believe that that's okay, that we aren't allowing them to do this? And, and I just started to sort of question things for me. And to be honest with you, a crucial tool that I think has has helped me is plant medicine. I think that, you know, when you when you start to be able to open your mind to understanding things a different way or p- potentially seeing new possibilities, I mean, you're going to think differently and you can't like not not think it then. You know what I mean? Like if you, if you when yeah, you go there, you can't be like, <laughs> yeah, you can't be like, shoot, I wish I wouldn't have thought that that's a bad thing. You know, like it's there. You've now thought about it. And so I was just like wrestling with my faith and, and like what I believed and um, really tough. You said plant medicine helped you. Were you, how, so obviously in the church, I don't think plant medicine is recognized really. You know? <laughs> no, it's Right, not. it's kind of frowned upon to, you know, say the least. Yeah. Um, how did you allow yourself to become interested in that while still being so involved? Were you a, a preacher at the time or a a pastor at the time? No. So I was on staff as a production director, um, was not ordained at the time, but, uh, I have, I had been secretly, I did this interview with this like Christian magazine, which is really funny. Like, I don't know, three months ago. And I had sort of explained to them that I was like underground doing this. So I was like hiding and like using cannabis, uh, was my plant medicine of choice at the time. And I was using cannabis to like really heal didn't didn't have the education or the words to understand why I was doing it I was just like wow like my PTSD is at bay I'm under I'm sleeping I'm you know pain-free whatever whatever the relief was there's so many different benefits as I hope you guys know Um, (laughs) (laughs) yeah (laughs) um and so so I was like very hidden. I was very underground. I didn't tell anybody. Nobody knew there was actually like one of my best friends on the planet that introduced me to it we served at the same church together so my buddy had introduced it to me, but nobody knew. And like, I, I think that, you know, this was the proof. I hope that like the pastors that listened to this and, and knew me back then are like, oh my gosh, really? Because like, I, you know, I lived my normal life, was extremely productive, was leading worship, was helping people, was like X, Y, Z, everything that I needed to do all while consuming cannabis. Um, yeah. And so, you know, that, that I had not had to say anything. I hadn't done anything. And at the time I was at a church in D.C., um, but then at this, uh, the last church that I had left, I had, um, 
about a year and a half ago now, I had a back surgery, pretty major back surgery, um, L4, L5 spine and laminectomy. And um, I was on pharmaceuticals for like four, four to five days. And then I went full cannabis. And like at this point, like it really, to me, I'm like, man, I believe in this medicine so much. Like, look at what it's doing. I'm like healing rapidly. My scar looked amazing. I was rubbing a cream on it. My doc was like, dang, you look great. Like things are going well. I was walking faster than I should have. Um, some of the nerve regeneration was there. And I was like, I, I like my life has changed. Like I can't not talk about this. And like, in my mind, I was like, my job with the church is over. I'm going to have to tell them about this. I'm fired. They're never going to let me step foot back in that church. And so I was terrified, you know, and I went in and I like went to the lead pastor and I was like, Hey, I was like, I've got something to tell you guys. I was like, I know this is probably going to be an immediate termination, blah, blah, you know, and, and I was like, I've been using heavy to carry around. Really like, heavy, man. To the point where you were like, I need to go talk to that. I can't even imagine. That anxiety, man. Like, I was like, I'm like, you know, like that affects you. Like, even physically, I was so like shook. Like, I was like, man, I don't want to talk to this guy. Like, I don't want to have this conversation. Um, Here's the real question. Did you smoke before that conversation? <laughs> uh, I, I, man, did I? I'm, I'm not sure. What Probably. A great question. <laughs> I mean, I that is a really great question. I smoked before everything, so I'm probably, probably did. And I was like in that, like, yeah, I'm gonna tell him today. I don't give a shit if I lose my is job. That, you know, was so, that your like mode going into it? Yeah, I, I wasn't gonna have a job. Like, I, I, I thought I was leaving with no job. But why I'm telling you this is because, like, to be honest with you, it was an extremely, extremely positive uh, reaction. Right. These guys were like, wait, what? You know, like, it, they wanted to know more. There was an education opportunity for me. And, like, then I got to let them know about my organization, Balanced Veterans, and that I was going to, you know, start to transition. And so, like, to be honest with you, I, I want to share that I think all Christians, anybody that's like, let people know you use cannabis. Like, it is a freaking powerful tool from the earth that, like, can help heal us without the use of pharmaceuticals. Like, I went through a major surgery with, with like, limited pharmaceuticals and, like, able to function. And so, I think that, one, they were, they were happy, and the, the conversation was this. They were like, oh, is it medical? And I was like, yes, I have a card. And they were like, okay, then it's no different than any other medicine. And they were like, as long as it stays medical, you know, we're grateful. One, I think all cannabis use is medical, uh, whether you have a card yeah. or you don't have a card, whatever. Yeah. But like for the legality aspect of it, like I was very, very surprised that the church was so open to it. And I think that everybody everywhere is. And if they don't know it already, probably, I mean, these are, I don't know any of these statistics, but I'd say at least 30% of your church is using some sort of cannabis product, whether it's CBD or, you know, something. So like sooner or later, this conversation is going to happen. Mm -hmm. And um, I think it's a, it's a gift from God, you know, like it's a beautiful thing. It's definitely been demonized. So you went into that conversation and it turned out way better than you thought. Did they, they let you keep your job? I oh yeah. I had my job. It, the problem was at that point, I didn't think I had the job. I was like, I'm in balance. Like, I don't even care. I don't want this job. <laughs> yeah. And they're like, Hey, but like, we kind of need you. And like, we're excited for you to do all these <laughs> things. Like, that didn't work into my equation. <laughs> yeah. They're like, you're back. And I'm like, Oh shit. Like I did not expect this to go that way. So like I did, I like toughed it out for a little bit, but it just ended up not working. And then like I quit Easter, Easter morning, I, you know, quit. And like, that was the end. That was the last time I had stepped foot in a Christian church. So, but you know, it was it, it, honestly an overall positive experience. I wish I wouldn't have gotten so worked up and like, uh, like this is, 
you know, with mental health and don't you feel that I want to, I want to speak to that a little bit because don't you feel that that is part of what the church does though? (laughs) Go a little further. Tell me more. Well, the, the only reason why I think is because you, that anxiety doesn't come out of nowhere. A feeling right. like this is going to be the end of it. This is going to be, I'm not going to have my job anymore. You had made plans because you had already thought that this was going to be their answer. Yeah, right. And you Fear felt based. that judgment, though, because of kind Absolutely. of how they lead. Like that, that, there's importance to that, I feel like. And I don't know yeah. how to necessarily word it, but I mean, like, you don't just walk in thinking, I don't know. The fact that I couldn't be free enough to walk in there, the fact that I couldn't be free enough to walk in there and express like, hey, I'm using this medicine and be comfortable with that. Like I couldn't sleep. I was anxious. I was like, I'm losing my job. All of these things. And like that again is that fear based. But it goes back to it goes back to this pastor that told me one time when I got, you know, when I was using cannabis and I got in trouble for it at this church, he sat down and he told me, he said, Hey, he's like the reason we're like not really for cannabis. And this was a long time ago. And there's a lot of education that's happened, but he's like, we feel like when you use that, it opens your mind to evil spirits and you're, you're thinking a different way than you could before, you know? And like, so then in the back of my mind, I'm like, you know what? Like, what if this is true? You know, like, I'm like, you're right. And so like this, the seed was planted. And so like, when you hear that, and that's like, that's, that's media, that's propaganda. That's as soon as that seed's planted, whether it's true or it's not, it's still there. And you're like, what if it is true? Or like, what, like, it's the possibility that it could be. That's a societal Mm -hmm. problem though. That's like that whole, this is your brain. This is your brain on drugs video. We watched in fifth grade. Like I'll never forget watching those eggs fry and be like, that's my brain. Like, no, Well, like on some of the hard shit, like it kind of is your brain, you know, yeah, but not, yeah, on, yeah. not with cannabis. Like. Well, but the crazy part is they had us all sign something saying, we yeah. promise we would never do drugs. And like, I'm, I'm yep. not like a rule follower per se, but I like to follow through on what I set, like say I'm going to do. Yeah, right. Commitment, so, discipline. And, and it, it kept me out of trouble, you know, for a while, but I, I had that in the back of my mind. It was all propaganda that... That scared me away from trying something that, you know, does help with my anxiety and makes my body feel better and and all these different things. It wasn't an option for me. Yep. And And what's sad is it's not an option for so many people because they live in that fear. And it really, really sucks, man. I mean, there's like, I think that it could help so many people, you know, I even look at like my own family and I'm like, they, you know, I'm, I'm very accepted and thank goodness supported by my family, but like, they're still resistant to it. And like, but you know, I, I look at my grandmother who, you know, has to take like all of these medications every day. And it's like, you get so far removed from like the actual like problem, the actual health issue that you're just medicating an issue. And so it's not just veterans, it's everybody, you know, it's like, it's a pharmaceutical driven money, financial driven industry. And I think that like people need to understand that like, you've got to take control of your own healthcare like you have to understand, you just really do need to advocate. You've got to know like what's good for you and what's not. And that's only going to happen through your own research. Um, not saying that doctors are wrong, but like they're treating symptoms, you know? And so it's, it's really trying to figure out how to get to the root cause of those things. But it makes me really sad because I think that all, you know, Christians in general or people that if they could know about this and know that there's not that, 
that stigma of like that sin or that's dirty or that's a bad thing or that's going to hurt you. Like it can really help you and really, I think help free a lot of people that are, that are stuck or in bondage to pharmaceuticals and addictions and all of the pain and the sleep issues and all of the common issues that people have, you know, but there's that fear. I go back to what your pastor said about, you know, uh, or I think it was your pastor back in the day that planted that seed um, of saying that it lets the devil in or whatever. You know, I, I, I know it sounds so silly saying it back to you, but yeah. um, but doing that, I feel like when you don't, cannabis has helped me free that stuff, get that stuff out of my head. It's, it has mm. never brought me any darkness right. at all. And so to hear that, it's just, it's so sad because a lot of people, like when I hear you talk about your family and the resistance, I have people in my family that are the same way of, no, this isn't good. It's going to unlock too many bad things. And it's like, I think you're thinking of something a little bit harder than, <laughs> than cannabis. Absolutely. Um, not necessarily though, because I think sometimes like when it does unlock the badness, like the paranoia and the negative thoughts and stuff like those are things that people bury that you need to deal with. Yeah, it's the press. Right, yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. So I feel it's, like it's an awareness. It's brought to the surface, yeah. and like people get scared of that, and like they're like, "Oh no!" But like, really, it's stuff you've got to confront and like right. deconstruct. I guess yeah. I've always taken it more of like the um, intentional like purpose when I use, yes. especially in the early be- beginning phases of like uncovering what all this could unlock for me. Um, yeah, I always was very intentional about it and I knew it was going to get uncomfortable. And I was like, that's where I really learned to sit with the discomfort because that's where I could solve it and be done with it and let it go. Um, yeah. so it's just very interesting. I think that a lot of people have that intentionality, what you just said. I mean, that's everything. I think that that's where it has gotten, you know, mixed up. Like there are people that, you know, when you're younger, you don't have intentionality. You're like, Oh, I'm going to smoke this because it's bad. Like, Oh, they told me to do this. Oh, this is cool. Oh, this is whatever. You know, like you're not really thinking that, man, I have severe mental health or pain, you know, like you're just doing it to do it. And so the education around it, like people need to hear this. People need to hear that. Like, Hey, like in the beginning, it may be a little bit difficult getting used to it or understanding. And, and like, you've got to learn how to use it properly. It's not, there's not one, like you are going to medicate completely different than I medicate, you know? And like, that's that everybody does. And it's really, really cool because it's unique. And again, it's, it's your own individual journey, you know, and, and it's fun to explore, but there's not a lot of education saying like, Hey, there might be like uncomfortable times. Here's what you should yeah. do, you know? And like have a conversation, be like, Hey, look, it's okay. If you're paranoid, this may be just be something you've got to whatever, you know, yeah. but it's education that needs to happen for sure. Mm-hmm. But I, I, I keep my relationship with God private and between myself. But what I do want to say is I think I have had some of the most intimate, deepest conversations with God while using cannabis. And like, if that makes me wrong, then like, you know, I'm wrong. But to be honest with you, my life has taken a shift and has been so much more productive and full of love because of cannabis. Um, and so I'm extremely grateful for that. And it's cool that it is. Yeah. So in what ways has it shifted? You said you started Balanced Veterans and you left the church and then like then what? Yeah, uh, we're figuring that out. You know, I think uh, for the first time, like living in a living in a true freedom, 
Um, but also understanding that like discipline is important. And I think that uh, for us to survive and to thrive as humans, um, there has to be some sort of disciplines in our lives. And so I have been really kind of reconstructing for myself what that looks like in my individual, like I still have spiritual practices, even though I'm not going to church, like I want to connect to God. I think like we were all, you know, created and, and need to have a connection to God in a way and figuring out how to do that. So, you know, um, that that uh, balanced veterans yes has has been started, but I'm also um, doing other things. I'm in school right now, um, and uh, obviously it's been on a pause with COVID and things yeah. like that. But planning on going back here in the fall semester, um, which keeps me very entertained and busy, and uh, you know keeps me learning. I love to learn, and um, that really helps. It feeds into the organization um, with what we're doing, and then really structuring a lot of things. I want to be able to educate and help veterans, you know, everybody, but specifically my community is veterans right now. And so I um, want to help them understand some of the, the uh, common issues in the military that we, we face. And it's not, it's not all just mental health, but it's the transition aspect. It's, you know, it's the uh, feminine masculine aspects <clears throat> that a lot of people don't know, understand, even talk about. Um, it's, it's, it's a lot of the trauma that's happened, like how to understand that. And so um, my goal has really been to one, continue healing myself. I think healing is a process and it's going to be a journey and I'm excited to do that. But uh, secondly, to continue partnering with like really awesome uh, health professionals that are that are doing things on the daily to help people heal and um, holistic healers and practitioners and yogis and, you know, people that genuinely care and want people to find the natural, you know, path forward. Um, so I'm trying to just do some education around that. We have been on a, a pause, but I'm excited to vamp that back up and start getting some content out. What are you going to school for? I'm a art direction advertising major. So I've been in like the creative field for a while. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> our punk rock roots, our spirituality, all this stuff. I love it. We're the same person, man. And then when I found out you're a Virgo, I'm like, jeez, know, man, this is so, so cool. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. And I just love, I like, I'm not necessarily an artist. I wouldn't say, you know, like I've got an eye for like visuals and things and I like things to look nice in a certain way, but I really like packaging things. I like brands. I like helping a company be cohesive and things. So yeah, just like really excited. Oh, to, I get that. <laughs> I bet you do. Freaking me out a little bit. <laughs> yeah, it's funny. Um, I think everybody's an artist. I think that is. I do too. No, like, I can't draw to save my life. I can't do, like, those basic things when you think of, like, an artist, you know, but yeah, I can make I'll sure solve that. any problem you've got, that's yeah. for sure. <laughs> I can make it look nice and, and, and have a purpose, yeah. Yeah, sure. right. For yeah. Sure. So no, it's awesome. So, but, yeah, that, that, that I think is, is uh, you know, and figuring out how to live a healthy life and um, outside of – my what I knew what I what I thought yeah. was healthy you know the every church every Sunday and Wednesday and fig, you know youth groups and small groups and figuring all this stuff out right and and so like I'm trying to understand what a practice looks like you know outside of that a little bit so yeah you gotta kind I mean, of recreate it for yourself as an adult for sure I mean Leanne you help people do that daily <laughs> I can also get very what's what I think is scary is especially in this quarantine like I want to be real every time I have these conversations like I got dark again and things can get dark and seasons can happen. And I kind of went through this like sort of depression 
And like, I think a lot of people did. I think a lot of stuff is changing for a lot of people, but like I, I got to a point where like, you know, I, I didn't have like many disciplines in my life and I was trying to do like certain things, you know, I'm like, Oh yeah, I'm going to work out three days a week. And I did that and you know, different things, but it wasn't like what they weren't like spiritual practices or disciplines that I needed to like, you know, keep having. And I think that that's important to have some sort of structure. And so really working on what that looks like for me. I'm excited about that. Yeah. Do you have any tools that are working right now or things that you're like really enjoying that are helping? Yeah. Uh, meditation's huge. Um, I have like, one was completely resistant to meditation for the longest time. Cause I'm like, man, this is like a Buddhist thing, right? Like you said, oh, okay. <laughs> you know, like, this is like, this is weird. Like, this is not something that's like, you know, I'm not used to it. Right. And mm-hmm. And when I say the word weird, it's because I'm not used to it. And now I'm like, man, this is like, it's been life changing. I think it's been like 120 days of meditating so far. And like, sometimes, yeah, sometimes it's five minutes, sometimes it's 25 minutes, you know, but it really is again, going in with an intention or something like that and just sort of sorting it out. Our minds, my mind is freaking chaos. I mean, you know, I'm like constantly thinking of everything all the time and like other people, how can I make somebody else comfortable? How can I, you know what I mean? And it's, it's like exhausting. I, and it doesn't shut off. <laughs> I know you know what I mean. That's what I'm saying. And, and like, so I found that like even meditation, when I first started doing it, I'd sit down and I'd be like, Oh my gosh, like shut off. Like yeah. I can't, I'm just like, all of these thoughts are going through. And then I still, like, I, that's where I am still after like trying for like nearly a year. It's just not something that comes natural to me. So the fact yeah, that you've done like 120 days is like blowing my mind. Dude, but like, it's, it's not that it came natural to me. You know right. what I mean? Like I'm not, it's, it's, it, yeah. it sucks. Like even like, yes, luckily my girlfriend has been, she's pretty like on it too. And like yesterday she was like, Hey, let's meditate. It was like, first thing we woke up, I was like, no, like, no, like, I don't want to know. Like, ah, that's all we do is meditate, you know? Like, and I was like, damn it. But then I did it and I was like, God, I feel so great. Like, I'm so glad I did that. Like it was, and it's like how you start your day. And then my mind was clear and I like, you know, shuffled through some thoughts and anxieties and like just helped me feel just so much better. And then you get your breathing and you're connected to your body and you know, all of that stuff that, <clears throat> it's good for you. Um, but yeah, so meditation has been big and, and really um, mindset perspective is everything. So trying to live a life of legit gratitude, like being grateful. I know it sounds simple and, and all those things, but like I'm privileged and I'm blessed and I'm, you know, I have a roof over my head and I have food and I have medicine and I have all of the things that I need. And so trying to like, when I am miserable or when the darkness or the haze comes, I'm like, okay, what do I have? You know, yeah. and it usually, usually completely outweighs the negative almost yeah. always. And so um, trying to continue to keep a mindset of gratitude, even when, you know, I get into like some sort of a disagreement with a human or a person, like I want to be able to be like, man, but I'm really grateful they're in my life or, you know, like trying to steer that negative stuff away, which I used to lean into. And I think in the military, that's what you do. You lean into it. You're like, oh yeah. And I'm freaking hotheaded and I like make people cry. And like, you know, like I can use my words to really hurt people. And, and so I was like, man, I need to slow down. And so really learning to slow down meditation has helped with that. And then just living a life of gratitude, being grateful for people and for experiences slowing down the quarantine has helped us all like slow down and i think that i've been able to to really figure out how to sit in that slowness and enjoy it that that's that's tough sometimes yeah are you worried about getting busy again uh i'm i'm terrified and like i the thing is i could be busy i could be extremely busy right now and it's just a matter of like 
here's been my my like balance right it's it's uh i i get hit up all the time whether it's veterans or organization or somebody that wants to help or something like that and and like it just keeps coming and like i'm grateful for that right like it's really beautiful but it's also overwhelming because like i realized like i can't help everybody you know and like so trying to build a team and figure those things out has been big but um i really took a huge discipline on myself. Like I stopped responding to every single message. I stopped, you know, responding to every single email. And like that took this like big pressure off of me. I know it probably pissed a lot of people off, but like I'm happier, you know? And I think that like, that's really important because for a little bit there, we had talked about this a little bit and how like, you know, almost at the same time, our stuff sort of like slowed down and we sort of reconfigured and restructured what we were doing a little bit. I did the same thing because I was kind of headed towards a burnout again because I was like, man, all I do is like this and I'm like getting people certified. I'm talking to veterans and I'm immersed in trauma and I was like, man, I'm not taking care of myself. And so um, as soon as I was able to make those shifts, like things started to get a lot better and, uh, you know, easier to move forward. And Was that hard for you to do? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it was really hard for me to do. And I think uh, because of the quarantine and my girlfriend was the only way I was able to really do that was able to, you know, I like was in that fairy tale falling in love, you know, it's like, you're like, you don't really give a shit about anything else. Like, and I'm yeah. kind of grateful. It was like the timing that happened. I was like, this is perfect. You know, I was like, you know, not saying that I'm not still in love. We're not still falling, but you know, it gets, it's like, all right, it's been, you know, seven months now. So yeah, Yeah. it's it's like, it's like now we're like figuring out how to function and like, you know, push stuff out. So, um, you know, I was really blessed to have that all sort of line up and then, you know, um, school went to online and things. So I was able, I had to slow down. Philadelphia is still in quarantine. We're not in a green zone and they're talking about not opening stuff until like February, which is wild, at least large events and things. So, yeah, so you're in phase one, but nothing's open. We are in, we are in a uh, yellow phase in Pennsylvania, which means that like uh, essential businesses are open, but like in the, in Philadelphia, there's no like indoor dining. There's none of that sort of stuff. None of the gyms, no concerts, none of the venues will open until February 28th. So like what's wild is that means like Macy's day parade and all these parades yeah. that people watch around the nation, like are not happening. It's wild. Yeah. So. It's definitely going to look a little bit different this year. I know. I know for here, like the big things like the state fair here and they canceled that. And it was the first time. And I can't even remember like the amount of years, but it had only been canceled eight times. And this is like the first time I think in like 75 years or something, all the other ones were didn't take place because of like world war one and world war two. I was like, that is insane. Like the landscape in which we live right now. Yeah, it's really interesting. People have to adapt and overcome. I mean, even schooling is going to look different and, and everything. My college is going to look different. So, you know, it's 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 really, really easy to get overwhelmed and be like, oh, my gosh, like, here we go. Um, what I'm trying to look at is like, man, this is a restructure. And like, it really is a time where people are allowed to slow down. I think that I'm seeing that everywhere. Like people are a little bit slower to respond and then my packages are coming later. And you know what I mean? Like, it's like everybody's sort of like, all right, let's chill out. Like, it's yeah. Okay. yeah. Everybody's like happy about it. And we're like, yeah, no problem, man. Like I'll, I'll wait for it. You know, and that, that I haven't felt in a long time. Like normally my life's just straight. I feel like chaotic, like everything's on a hundred. Um, you know, so it's, it's been really nice. I'm excited for the future. It has been a nice reset. Definitely. Yeah. 
I'm a little bit worried. I know that like, like, again, I'm blessed. I, you know, live in my own home and, and I'm very happy right now and things like that. But there are so many veterans that are struggling, man. There are so many homeless veterans and so many people that are just really, really struggling through this. And so I'm, I'm scared. I knew of three veteran suicides during that quarantine. And so I'm just really nervous how many others were there? You know, what are these numbers next year? It's the suicide epidemic because I know for me, things got really dark and I'm blessed, you know, imagine take one of those creature comforts away that we have, you know, and like you're, you can, you can get really, really miserable really quick. And, um, you know, so it's tough. And I try to put myself in other people's shoes and figure out what we could do to help. But it's been really interesting. You have like a, like when you notice yourself kind of going into a darker space, I know you talked about being grateful and meditation, but do you have kind of like, I don't know, a, a procedure or a thought process of how you dig yourself out of it? Cause I know when it starts to get dark, that's when it's the hardest to rely on the gratitude and the meditating. Cause it's the last thing you want to do. You know what I mean? Yeah, all that stuff goes away. You know, the the things that are good for us are like really uncomfortable. Then. And then we start eating bad. And you know what I mean? Like it's a cycle. And then all that feeds in because you feel like shit because you ate bad. And like, it's, it's literally this cycle. And I was there like, I was like, you know what, I'm still not eating meat, which is awesome. So I didn't feel as bad as I would if I was like smashing other food. But um, it, it's, you know, I was in one of those cycles. And like, I, I get I thought about this because I was like, man, I have to figure this out. And like, um, you know, can I be honest with you guys? I canceled our last filming because of a mental health thing. Wow. Like I, I couldn't do it. And, um, and so I apologize and, you know, and like, that's kind of, that will happen sometimes. And it's, and it's really, really tough. But I was like, I literally, I couldn't sit here and like pretend, you know what I mean? Yeah. And we wouldn't want you to. So like yeah. we totally get that. We, our, our whole thing is about mental health and wellness. You know, we get it right, we have right. those days too. Like, and that, that's, that's why I want to be, I want to share this stuff though, because a lot of mental health people that I hear talk, you know, they're like, Oh, I'm through it. Like, no dude, like this stuff still happens. Like we're, we're going to continuously have moments and seasons and times. And, and so like, it's really okay. And that was, that was my biggest thing was like, I had to, I had to find a way to ground. And so like when I start to get into the, those mindsets, because like you do feel it and I'm like, I'm, I get really miserable. Like I get sort of mean and just closed off and isolated and like I'm snappy with people and I don't want to do anything. And you know, so like I, I sort of started to, I like grounded myself. Like I was like, Hey, like this is happening. And like really like conversing with myself as weird as that sounds, no, but it's you like, you're, you're like, you're in a funk and like this, you've got to sit in this and it might be a couple days. It might be 24 hours. I'm not sure, but like, you've got to eat, you've got to continue to do a couple things to keep moving. And like, it was, it, it was even one day, uh, my girlfriend was like, Hey, let's go for a walk. You know? I'm like, I'm like, oh, fucking no way. Like in my mind, I'm like, I'm, I even got mad at her, you know? Like I was like, I'm like, why would you even fucking ask me that? You know what I mean? Like that's what I'm thinking in my mind. And I'm like, dude, I'm like, who am I? Like, that is so rude. I'm like, you know, so I got up and went on the walk and like, I didn't curse at her like that, but I'm, like in my mind, I was there, I was just miserable. I didn't want to do that. And, but you know, I did. And as soon as I did, I like felt better. You know, and so, like, I think that it's just really important to, like, not shut down 
because like we can shut down and just be like, okay, I'm miserable. I'm going to be miserable. This is me I'm now. Just, you know, yeah, this is me and I'm yeah. miserable. And so it was like continuing to like talk myself through it. Like, Hey, like I'm very uncomfortable. Like we know yeah. I'm uncomfortable. I'm snapping at people. I even let, you know, her know that I was, I was having, you know, my issues. And, uh, you know, I, I think it's important to just communicate, communicate with your loved ones, communicate with your friends, communicate with the people that you have obligations to, and, you know, hopefully they respect and understand that. But, you know, even even I think about this, even in uh, when I was in the ministry, in ministry, like I hid my mental health. I didn't want to let people know I couldn't come in because I wasn't OK, because then they won't give me opportunities because there's something that wrong with me. So true. <laughs> yeah, there's so no way. <laughs> yeah, it sucks. And like you lie to we yourself. We do that to ourselves, don't we? And yeah. I guess I mean, maybe society does as a whole, but we do think that if we can't show up because mentally we're not okay, that opportunities are going to pass us by and things like yeah. that. That's so true. I thought that with the organization, I was like all this time that I took for myself, I was like, all oh, these other people are doing all these things. Oh my gosh, that org already did this. They already got veterans this. They're already, you know what I mean? And then I like, and then I stopped and I was like, Hey, guess what? Everybody's already doing everything. Yeah. Like there's literally nothing new under the sun. Right. I think that, like, we can, we can add our own flavor to it. But I was like, there's no need for me to like, literally grind my teeth to the bones figuring this out when like I can take my time and structure this and build this in a proper way that's healthy and I'm healthy and the people that I'm helping are healthy. Yeah. So I, I, you know, I, I think that, I feel um, that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I feel that so much. No, it's, uh, it's so true. But I know like when you're like in the, for me anyways, I'll, I'll speak to that. It really, when you're in a mode of the darkness or whatever it is, when, when anxiety setting in and stuff and, like Leanne, you said, this is me now, you know, like joking around and stuff, but it's true. It's what are you going to feed, you know, and yeah. you can play into either side and it, it's harder. Well, I don't even want to say it's harder because it's literally just the choice of which one you want to, where you want to go. But I hear you where you're going. Do. It's harder to do the, the healthy things. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it can be a lot harder to do the healthy things to get up and take the walk. Of what you were talking about earlier, making things like a daily practice, even when you don't want to, because it's going to then set yourself up for success. Yes. You know, absolutely. When those hard days come, because I had that yesterday, (laughs) you know, I was (laughs) thinking, yeah, I mean, I I was going for a run and the whole time, like I was just pissed. My kids were pissing me off. I'm like, I made it four (laughs) months. I haven't wanted them to like leave me alone yet. Like yesterday was my breaking point. And literally the entire time I ran and I don't even know where it came from probably said it a hundred times. I just kept saying, I am thankful. I am grateful. I am blessed. I am thankful. I am grateful. I am blessed for 30 minutes. Just, and I was was just running. And that's the only thing that snapped me out of it. And I was still irritated. I was still irritable, but I wasn't so quick to bark at them or, you know, or like get away from me. I was able to, because I, when I'm in my bad, angry place, I get very mean and I get very distant and I don't want anyone to touch me. Like don't come around me like yeah. any of that stuff. So I, I totally understand what you're saying, but it's yeah, that bring me back a little bit. But. Yeah, that's awesome. Like having those mantras, having those things to say. I mean, even even like when you are in a mental health thing, like writing yourself a note and like leaving that somewhere just to remember like you're okay and stay grounded and try to do things like the other thing is like find this is really hard. Like I, I had sort of lost lost sight of like what I enjoyed to do. Like I was like, mm-hmm. what are my hobbies? Yeah. What do I like to do? And and like 
um, really trying to find those things and connect to like what that is like try to do something that you would enjoy doing you know as hard as it is um, I like got out like you said and did a walk uh, had a walk but then like we tried to work out right and I'm in the middle of like working out we were like 10-15 minutes in and I literally like she had made some comment and it was like her trying to compliment me but like I took it the wrong way and I literally quit I was like, I'm done. I was like, I don't even want to work out. I didn't yeah. feel like it. You know what I mean? Like, and I was like a little kid and I pouted upstairs and I didn't work out. I didn't finish the workout. And so like, but, you know, yeah, I started it. I started it. And so like, I was already in that mindset, but like, even that, like I went and started it and didn't finish it. Like, it's okay. And I just kind of like, wasn't hard on myself. It's having that grace when you can't like enough's enough. Sometimes yeah. you just have to be nice to yourself. That's the hardest part. Absolutely. It's being nice to yourself through the process. Yes. That is the hard Always part. be nice to yourself. I'll notice for me, like, when I do decide, like, hey, I need to take it easy today. And I do tell clients, like, hey, I'm sorry, like, I can't make it. For the next 30 minutes or so, I'm guilting myself for not upholding a commitment. And it's like, yeah. well, you're not feeling that badly. And, like, you could have done it. Like, I totally discount how I feel. And then, like, it's like self-bullying, you know what I mean? Oh, yeah. So totally. that can easily dig you deeper down. Definitely 100%. not. <laughs> no, that's so true. Yeah. It's hard to make decisions like that for yourself, especially when you know that it can go either way. Yeah, you yeah. could suck it up and go, but you'd just be pissed the whole time. And then who's to say that you would have an opportunity to stop later, you know? And it, yeah. it does. It can spiral real fast. Really? Or not even being 100% yourself, you know, like if you yeah. go to an event or something, not being able to be present because you're so miserable, you know, like, oh, hit yeah. It on the, the but yeah. I've noticed before when I am not in a great mood and like for me, my job's one-on-one -on -one with people. So if I'm off, it's, it's, it's off. Obvious, <laughs> yeah. So I have to put on like my trainer face and, and be yeah. happy. And, and sometimes it's hard, but for the most part, it. I leave in a better mood because I'm allowing, even though it is kind of burying my other feelings, I'm feeding, like you said, Paula, the positive ones. And I usually end up getting something good out of it, whether it's like, you know, we laughed a little bit about whatever, or at the bare minimum, I just helped this person, you know? Yeah. Well, that's the perspective and gratitude where that comes in. You know, that really helps you to shift, I think. Yeah. yeah. Don't you? Absolutely. Yeah, definitely. Is that common amongst vets? <laughs> Being able um, to go back to a place of perspective and gratitude, or is it more? It's not common to go to that place of gratitude. Uh, the common is extremely critical. So from the very beginning, boot camp, you're wrong in every single thing that you do. You have a piece of string on your uniform, you're in trouble. You're wrong, you're wrong, you're in trouble, you're in trouble, you're in trouble. And I think that that perpetuates this mindset of like literally criticizing. I am so freaking critical, not just in my own life, but to everything. I mean, and it's to the point of where like I can't even enjoy things sometimes because I'm like, oh, well, like you could have done this a whole other way and it would have been way better.
you know, like, and I'm like, they're like, so, and I'm like, dude, shut up. Like you're at a restaurant eating your dinner. Like nobody cares. Like they could have, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, it's like, it's dumb stuff, but that, <laughs> no, that, so true. but yeah. that translates in my own mind where like for the longest time I was like, dude, Ron, shut up. Like you like, and you talk so negatively to yourself yeah. and you like continue to like beat yourself down to the point of like, I've been saying this a lot too, is like you, like you don't love yourself. Like you literally get to a point where you're so critical that there is no self love. There is no self care because like you're beating yourself up all the, all of the time. So like, what do you, what are you doing good? You know, like in your mind, nothing. Yeah. And so like, that's just a complete state of being as well. You live in this misery of like, I can't do anything right. And I'm miserable and I'm critical to everybody and I shouldn't even be around, you know, like it's, it's, you're more of an inconvenience than anything. Um, but no, that, that again, something else to, to help with veterans is, is talking about that more and trying to talk through my own experiences is like breaking that down as to like, it's okay to be wrong. It's okay to not be right all the time. It's okay to not always be put together and, you know, things like that. I, 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 um, really think that is damaging to have between and then I had religion who was also fear-based and then the military which is fear-based which is you know you mess up you're wrong so every single thing we do even you know as children we can't mess up we think we're not allowed to mess up and like you really are allowed to and you're allowed to have bad days and you're allowed to like not always have it figured out um and like really when you figure that out like when I finally figured that out I was like okay I'm allowed to do this I then had a better love and appreciation for people because I understood that like other people are doing the same thing. Like they're just trying the best with what they have in that moment. And like, I've got to be able to like be all right with that. Yeah. Yeah. Everybody's going through something. (laughs) Yeah. Sure are. So the very first time that I ever realized how I was speaking to myself was not appropriate (laughs) was I was, um, I think it was like, 21 or so and I was I was training at the time at LA Fitness and I got really close with some of the other girls the girl trainers there and so we do girls nights and stuff like that and I was it was one of those and I was spending the night at one of my friends houses and I was so tired the next morning and my alarm kept going off and I kept pressing snooze kept pressing snooze and then in my mind I remember yelling at myself I said wake up you stupid bitch (laughs) and I I just started laughing out loud (laughs) my friend was like like what are you laughing at and I was like I just told myself wake up you stupid bitch like and I just (laughs) and the way she because she was very like she was a power lifter she was very like self-love girl power she looked at me like I was crazy like whoa you should not talk to yourself like that and I was like oh what (laughs) like I didn't yeah and so then we had a lot of talks after that but but that was kind of where I realized like I need to work on this and it, thank, yeah. thank God. You know? Yeah. And it's, it's a, it's a regular practice working on that as well. Like I still do it. I, you know, I, I like, it's so easy to talk negatively to ourselves and, and that spews out and then we're negative with other people as well. Yeah. So right. I, man, I hear that. I've had a couple experiences like that too, where I was like, dude, I can't, you know, and that like for men, it's even, it's even, you know, that's what we do. Like we're aggressive and some men, I'm not trying to put all men in the same. <laughs> yeah, no, let's, let's but like that right. overall that's like, yeah, a you should be tough and like sure, critical yeah. and all of those things. And so like, you know, deconstructing that and being like, no, but I love myself. And you know, I, all of those things I think is really, you've important. been really open about that. I think that's what was so attractive to me about you and your personality of you're like so open about that specific about not wanting to 
just be this overly masculine. You're still a, you're still a great guy. You know, you're still a guy. You still are yeah. manly things, but you're yeah, very yeah, yeah. open to the feminine energy. What was there a shift in that, or like how did that come to be? Yeah, uh, there's there, man. I um, wow, that's that's a huge. I'm trying to think of how I want to answer this because yeah, I, no, I love fine. this. Don't feel like you need to. I'm just curious. No, I love it. I love this conversation. I, I think that one. I get a lot of shit for some of the stuff that I post. They'll be like, "Oh, what are you? What are you posting? You, you know, you'll." I can't even repeat a lot of the stuff that veterans say. I'm not. I'm not even going to. But I get a lot of derogatory. Yeah, lots of derogatory messages. Uh, for the some of the feminine, more feminine posts that I would post. But man, I'm glad that I do because then it opens a conversation to say like, hey, sure. you know, like we, I, I think I understood that we all have feminine and masculine energies inside of us and they're all so, 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 so important to be able to embrace and understand mm-hmm. and really allow them to operate in our minds and, our, and in our bodies like in ways that they need to. And so, um, you know, like, a lot of the the military is masculine and a lot of the way that we live, it's get things done, it's execution, it's do these things. It's like, but then there's no real way or handle things and deal with things. But then there's no real way to like clear the clutter and to like get rid of those things. And I think that those come through like self-care practices and like, you know, self-love practices. And so what what is like perceived as potentially feminine taking a bath and caring for plants and doing things like that there's no gender associated with any of those things they're things that like bring you joy and i think that like as a human if you can let go of that but like no only girls do that or like you know what i mean like maybe you'll enjoy it maybe you'll you'll have a good time trying something or you know throw a face mask on and a bath bomb and see what happens you know like try to try to be pissed off when you're laying in a bath with a bath bomb smoking a joint you know what i mean like there's just no freaking way um and and so i i don't know i'm not saying that that's the way for everybody there you know a lot of people are like oh but i like to you know do different play sports or do things to like clear that energy like the authentic self right i'm doing like what sets your soul on fire what yeah listen to yourself it's exactly that it's like it's it's you know, I'm a creative. So like, I love to see all things. I love all things feminine and masculine and colors and the way things come together. And so I, there's nothing wrong with that. But early on, I mean, there were many times in my life where I was like, wow, this is, you know, this is like, why would I be doing this? And I'm like, oh, it's because my mom raised me or it's because I'm, you know, I have more of a feminine energy in my life because of some of those things. And, and some of that could be true. Like I had a father figure missing in my life for the early ages. And maybe that's why I'm drawn more to the feminine energy. You know, that, I've been reading a lot and exploring a lot. And so I don't have like concrete, this is it. You're on that journey to figure it out. I dig it. Exactly. But what I think is important, and I think the takeaway is like, really, like, if you feel something, embrace that. Like, I think, like, don't don't put it in a box. Like, oh, well, that's that's not masculine, or that's not what men do, or this isn't, you know, the whole men don't cry and all that's all these things and all of the the same stigmas that were built up around you know men and mental health and things like that. I think allow yourself to feel and then really try some things and embrace embrace those not normal practices and see what happens. Yeah. Yeah. Change your life. So, so true. There's such power in trusting your gut. (laughs) We talk (laughs) about it a lot. You know, that that's something we try to post about a lot because it's just so important of just doing what feels right for you. End of discussion. 
call it your gut, call it intuition, call it God, yeah. whatever you want to call it. I think that like, it's really important for us to be in tune with ourselves. I think that unless you're in a de- negative dark space, I'm not saying, you know, don't listen to yourself yeah. Then, yeah. necessarily, but like really understanding what you need and, and understanding that, um, you know, I don't know there's purpose to it all. When you, um, I kind of want to go back to the meditation because it kind of falls into that because that's really how you learn yeah. to like know which voice to pay attention to, I think, for a lot of us. And obviously there's other mental health issues that maybe that's not the case for everyone. So I do want to talk about that. But when you sit with yourself and you sit with your thoughts, did you have any, like, were there apps that helped you? Were there books? Was it YouTube videos? Like what kind of got you on your guide to meditation or how did you... Yeah, <clears throat> there's a really great app called Insight Timer. Yeah. Um, it's, it's free, which I think is cool. There's another one called Calm, I think, but you have to pay monthly for it, which okay. is kind of a bummer. It's actually really great, but I was like, dang, you got to pay for this? That sucks. <laughs> um, like, I don't think you should have to pay for it. Like, it's, you know, it's, it's such a powerful tool, but there are other ones that are, that are, you know, out there. But Insight is really great. And then inside of insight you have options so it's not just a like there are times that I'll listen to like an hour thing before I go to bed that like puts you in like a deep sleep or helps with dreams and so I'm not like it's not always like you sitting on the floor sometimes I'm you know laying in bed listening to one before I go to sleep or something like that um it's really it really depends on what you choose you can also pick like a set time and add like background ambient music to that um, there are like gongs and interval things. I learned some different things uh, through my girlfriend and some reading, like some breathing techniques. Like there's some different breathing exercises that you can do as you like sit down to ground. And and so sometimes that will help you get out of your head because you're focused on doing something. So like, I'm like, okay, I'm going to do five breaths here, five breaths here. So it was, it got me out of my head and my thoughts and had me focusing on my breath. Yeah. So that's why a lot of times when you'll hear them, they'll be like, everybody start to focus on your breath. Think about your you breathing and when it's coming in and feel the breath, fill your lungs and, you know, do a body scan. Like you'll try to get, they're trying to get you out of your thoughts so that you're really focusing on that and you're thinking about that. Um, but it doesn't always work for everybody. I really like guided meditations. Um, I think they're really cool. And they, they, one, you know, you can pick a topic and go in a direction on the app and it will be like self-care or happiness or whatever the case might be. Um, but they kind of, instead of me having to have the words or like figure it out, like it's somebody speaking and then I'm able to listen to that. Um, mm-hmm. But sometimes I can be a little bit too distracted to do that. Uh, so it really just depends, but it's, it's a trial and error thing. There's not like one way to meditate. Yeah. And then I had, I had, you know, like my back issues. So like I could not sit crisscross mm-hmm. applesauce on the floor comfortably. And, you know, I like had to figure out ways to a minute. So I would lay or I would, you know, sit in a chair or whatever was comfortable, but it's, it's not about doing it right. Are my yeah. fingers the right way? Am I sitting the right, you know, like obviously there's a, there's a, there's a posture that helps you breathe better, which, you know, is recommended, but like, I don't know, sometimes I slouch sometimes I'm, you know, whatever, but it's the, it's the act of actually doing that and, and then being able to, you know, get in, get in or out of your head, whatever you're trying to do. (laughs) I love that. What a great way to look at it. I have to say something real quick about breath work. I follow your girlfriend on Facebook and she was doing a thing on breath work and how you had to do your lips like a fish and to breathe in deep like that. And I do it all the time. I think of her, I'm like, she taught me that. Yes, (laughs) that's awesome. And I do it with my kids and it really does work. And it's great. 
She, she's really great. She uh, teaches yoga to like kids, uh, as, as you may see. And so like a lot of those breathing exercises she'll like put together for kids and then I'm there doing them. I'm like, yeah. oh, this is great. <laughs> or she'll be like, try this. And then it's like, you know, air conditioned breath. I'm like, wow, I feel awesome. Yeah. So, you know, it's, it's great. It's, I'm definitely going to tell her that she said that. It's funny. Yeah, no, it's, um, it's totally true. Yeah, it's, it's super helpful stuff. It's not, you know, the, like there, it was, it's all there for a reason, you know, like there were times in my life that I wasn't ready for it. And I was like, God, that's, they look so weird. They're like, mm -hmm. what are they doing? There's no way that would ever work for me. And I'm in a completely different point in my life where I'm like, man, this stuff is really powerful. Like you can, you can really do a lot and your breath is major. I mean, we are living, breathing organisms. So like our breath is so important, like yeah. it, feeling our bodies and understanding like the state of our body and how we're operating is, it's everything. Yeah. Did you start doing yoga after you met Vicky or is that something you started before you guys even got together? Yeah, I had done yoga, uh, you know, not as regularly as I do now, but I have done yoga um, probably for the past like four years here and there. There were some things through the VA and some different, but not to the level of like, um, like we're, I'm really excited. We're working together to figure out some like specific things for veterans to put some content out to help with like some yoga stuff and things like that. Yeah. So I'm, I'm excited, but um to spell that but uh you know I, I am trying to be really intentional with it because there are sometimes where you're doing yoga and like i i'm like turned off by it and i'm like this is like i don't want to do this move is like incredibly difficult why would i even need this or want to do this or you know and so there are different styles and different types of yoga and so trying to figure out just like the like not simplest way but like a very beneficial you know, practice for myself. So I, I started doing yoga a lot more with her and you sort like of experimenting for sure. At all? Oh, so yeah. much. Um, I mean, even, even just the stretching that comes with yoga and, and some of the different movements, like there are specific like lower back, you know, um, poses and stuff. Poses that you can do that, that help relieve some of that pressure. But yeah, it was major to help some of that pain. Yeah. There was actually a guy that Joe Rogan had on his podcast recently. I forget his name, but he just came out with a book called Breath. And it was all hmm. about breathing and different breath works. And he talked about wow. Wim Hof. And, and um, yeah, I just started following. Awesome. Sorry? Wim Hof is awesome. Yeah, yeah, I love Wim Hof breathing. Well, and that's what Joe Rogan was saying is like, he's not like, and, and no offense to Vicky, because I know she's a yogi, but he's not like this like untouchable, like does everything right. Like yoga, like voodoo guy. He's like, yeah. he eats pizza and drinks beer. But he like, and he swears. My people. Yeah, man, I <laughs> love crazy, it. But he's like, he's all about the breath and breath work and he makes it accessible to everyone. And, and actually that's that, so cool. Yeah. That, that documentary that Dana was talking about a couple weeks back, the goop, the documentary. Yeah, oh yeah. Watch the whole thing. It's yeah, incredible. So they, have, they did a one episode on Wim Hof. And yeah, yeah. It's the second or third one. Mm -hmm. I tried that out where like uh, she did the push-ups and then he was like Wim Hof and then she did like 30 more. Like it works. Like you can Wim Hof oh in the gym. Gosh. You can Wim Hof in the gym and then throw some weight up. Like it really works. That's It's really cool. That's like when you and Clayton were trying to talk me into doing like the cold shower. Oh, and it's like, amazing. I, I was like, do it wrong. But why? Oh, <laughs> like that's Oh my God. Cold showers are life. Yeah. It's like the only thing I do. I, at least you've got to at least hit yourself with that cold for like, See, I did cryo for a while and I really loved it. It really helped with pain and inflammation. I will 
subscribe to that all the time. I think that it's fantastic. Nice. So I'm sure the shower is the same, but I'm like, but I just, you with the certain yoga poses and like, why this doesn't make sense for me. That's how I feel about the cold shower. But yeah. why? But the benefits, <laughs> man, the benefits are there though. Like your immune okay. system, your circulation, yeah. the breathing, it's like your skin. Like they yeah. say it's really good for the elasticity in your skin. And it's really cool. And discipline. Yeah. Like, putting yourself through that, just turning the knob and just saying, okay, I'm going to do it. Like when you are going into a dark place that we were talking about, like if you know you can sit in that freezing cold water for 30 seconds, then you can go on a walk when you're feeling crappy. You know what I mean? Oh, damn. Yeah, that's true. It makes you feel stronger and tougher and more ready for like life. You know what I mean? Definitely. And I'm not kidding you. If you whim, if you Wim Hof before, it's easy. It's like you won't okay, even feel cold. Okay, walk me through what all that means, because this is like confusing me. Well, I mean, to, so like to you would probably you've got to watch the documentary because it okay. makes a lot of sense and like he explains it and like goes through it with them. But it's really just like a deep breathing that you're doing, and it's sort of fast. You're like in and out. So you're like, yeah. Okay. And you like get yourself to almost to the point where like you feel like you're going to pass out almost like you okay. can, you don't have to go that far, but you guys the more are really that you do, selling me on this. <laughs> yo, I know, I know this sounds terrible and that's why I didn't even want to explain it. But, <laughs> but when you do that, like, I don't know what it does in your body. He explains it way better, but oh my goodness, you don't, I didn't even feel the cold. Like you feel really good. It's cool. Yeah. That's amazing. It's fun. That's really, really cool. Muscle recovery, all the stuff. Yeah. It's really good. Well, I want to know real quick um, before we wrap up, if you were to have all the wisdom that you have now, um, what would you tell your 17-year-old self who enlisted? Oh, man. <laughs> this, can go, this can go one of two ways for me because there's a part of me that would say, man – the I guess all of the conspiracy theories sides that you read and think about the government and war and the military and there's a part of me that'd be like yo don't don't do it don't don't enlist but then there's a part of me that's like man I wouldn't be here doing what I'm doing now if I wouldn't have enlisted and so like I'm I can't imagine a different life like I'm not sure what that path would look like for me and so mm -hmm. I'm grateful for my time in the military and my experiences even though a lot of it was hard and there was a lot of trauma involved I think that they have you know they at least opened my mind to ask the questions that I asked to come to the level of understanding and awareness that I'm at to be able to help other people you know find a new direction and move forward and um, so I think that's I think that what I would tell myself is that uh, I would have waited a little bit. So I probably would have waited till I was, you know, maybe 20, you know, tried some other things out, like had some somewhat of a, an experience outside of high school and then gone. Uh, because like, you're literally, I went from 17 to a man. Yeah, <laughs> like There's no, there's no like growing up. There's no progression. There's like, you're right, you're wrong. And you need to do this the way that you do this, the way that we do this as the federal, you know, or the military. Um, and so I, I really would have waited a little bit and like had some experiences. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I wouldn't, I wouldn't have not. It's really tough. I don't think I would have not gone in. I think that I still would have gone in for yeah. sure. What would you tell people going into the air force now? And what's your kind of message for the people that went through it alongside of you, your brothers and sisters that were there with you? Yeah. Um, 
people that are in now, it, it's it's tough. I think that I'm seeing reg- regulations where like people can't use CBD, even CBD, and people can't do certain things. Um, and so it's a really, really tough climate. There's a lot of, you know, we're talking, we're hearing, we're just now hearing about so much military sexual trauma that has happened that we know is actively happening in the military. And that's to men and women. And it's mm-hmm. extremely sad. And I think that, um, you know, going in that, you know, it's weird to like tell somebody that right off, but like be authentic. I think from the beginning, be real with yourself. Don't try to climb the ladder by doing things that you're not comfortable with. Um, make sure that you are, you're, you are honest and authentic with yourself the entire time and, and question things, you know, don't just do things because you're told to do them, have some sort of a curiosity. A lot of that's stripped away in the military. It's you do what you're told, but you can question some things and you do have the opportunity to say no, if you really do need to, or you're morally conflicted with something. So I don't know. I just don't, don't just immediately adhere to the mindset of the government. I think like try to continue to have your own thoughts and processes throughout your career. Absolutely. Yeah. That crosses all across the board, doesn't it? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So, um, the one part that I am curious about is to the brothers and sisters that you served with, I mean, what's your message for them if they're struggling? Yeah. Yeah. Um, advocate for your own health. Like, I think that above all, like you have to figure out what makes you think and feel the way that you feel. And like for the longest time, I expected somebody else to tell me, like I thought that the VA would, the VA would take care of me. They're the professionals. They're the mental health professionals. They're the doctors. They're, they will tell me what I need to do to be better and to get better. And the truth is that no one will, there is no like right way to heal and, and to move forward. And so I think like immediately advocating for your health right away, start to learn about alternative therapies and things that might be able to help you. Um, if you feel like you're trapped or you're stuck, um, and your mind, like, like lean into it. I think that you have all of the, like, I have some absolutely in my mind, absurd thoughts. I have some very, uh, negative thoughts. I've got inappropriate thoughts. I've got immoral thoughts sometimes, you know, and I think that when you can love yourself, forgive yourself enough to say, hey, look, I've been through an experience that has shaped who I am. I think some of these things that does not mean that's who I am, like really coming to a level of understanding and, and questioning why you feel the way that you feel. Uh, I, it, it's really, really important because like we, we can just go through life and be with our families and our structure and the things that we were taught and told and we continue to do those things until we're just miserable and, and whatnot, but really questioning, you know, why you're doing things, why you believe what you believe. And, and that may, that's what helped set me free was really understanding that my, my belief system was kind of flawed or the way that I was understanding my belief system was flawed. I'm not saying there's anything wrong with Christianity or any of the religions. I think that uh, what I am saying is that there's not just one way. And I think that there's validity to other ways and always for people because it's again, a unique journey for everyone to find what works for them. Um, But that that's huge. Like, like really, really get in your mind and question everything and learn about yourself. I had to learn about myself. Yeah. And it's just an ongoing process, isn't it? Yeah, it's completely ongoing, <laughs> you know? Um, and, and, uh, I'm excited to one. The other thing is like, stay under the care and guidance of professionals. 
You know, I know that I need that. I'm not saying like, I'm here and I'm figuring this out and like no one's guiding me. Yeah. Yeah. Key point. Yeah. Yeah. I have a psychiatrist. I have a psychologist. I have a chaplain that I talk to. Like, so there are like people that I can bounce things off of. It's not just me on my own and nobody needs to be alone. So like really reach out and and make sure you're you're bouncing some of the stuff off people. Oh my gosh. Well, I'm so thankful that our paths cross and for you and for you just being so honest all the time with, with us. And I, I thank you. <laughs> Man, I'm, I'm so grateful. I'm sorry. I ramble so much. I feel like I talk so much. I apologize. I guess. So. I don't know. Promise us you'll come back and hang with us again. Always, always. You guys are family. I'm really excited to see where where how the conversation goes and and where Balanced goes and where we go as people. Like, I'm excited to have connected with you guys, and and this will definitely be an ongoing uh, friendship. I'm really excited. Same. Same on our end. I want to get Nikki on here sometime, too. Oh, heck yeah. She would yeah. love to. She's, she's very, very educated. I, wa- I listened to her teach this like teacher training. She like teaches other yogis and things and like, man, she's brilliant. She's a massage therapist as well. So oh, like body yeah. function through yoga is important. Yeah. Like that's, you know, so I love that. It's not just like, oh, we're doing this because it feels good and you're doing this. There's like movement and meaning behind the movement. So it's, it's very anatomical. I love that. Thank you guys so much. Thank you. We'll be in touch soon, and I can't. Right. We'll let you know when we're have this all edited and ready to go. So yeah, sounds good. Sorry about all the curse words and things. You guys are awesome. <laughs> we're leaving them in. <laughs> Leave yeah. them in. Leave them in. <laughs> yeah. All right. Cool. See you guys. Thanks for listening. If you'd like to join in on the conversation, we invite you to come and be a part of the HTC community on our various social media platforms. Simply search at Have the Combo and click around on the links to find ways that you can be involved. Talk soon.